we thank y'all for allowing me to be here. Uh, thank God, first of all, you know, and everything that has happened up to this day, the Lord is really the truth, you know. And uh, mm, I want to break down, y'all, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, just we just want to give God some praise. Can y'all just praise God with me? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, thank you, Lord. You deserve all the praise. We also want to th- give God another praise for the brother that preached this morning, Minister Sean. My God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now uh, I'm, I'm a note speaker, you know, and uh, you know I don't, I don't really do all the hooping and hollering, you know. I can't say that now. But I don't know what the Lord might do, but uh, <laughs> but we give all honor to Him, you know, the only God. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we just want to thank Him on tonight for making all this possible. Because just a little over three years ago, we wouldn't have been in no church, behind no pulpit. You know, in our city, we call it a trap. We was in a trap house, bagging and selling, in somebody gambling spot. Somewhere but by the power of God. A wonderful change he's made in me. Hallelujah. Nobody can't tell me Jesus don't exist. Or Jesus ain't this or he ain't that. Because I ain't called now one of y'all. I called on Jesus and Jesus did all of this. Hallelujah. Come on saints of God. Put your holy self. Put your sanctified selves. Put your apostolic selves. If you feel like up here, just praise God. Hallelujah. Let's magnify Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. We thank God for our very own pastor, Apostle C.A. Cowell, with your preaching self. Hallelujah. Give God a hand clap of praise for such a great man of God. Church of God, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just thank God for being saved. Don't you thank God that you ain't chasing no status? Or you ain't chasing no man or no woman? You ain't got to see the dope man. The liquor store ain't seen you. The club don't see you. You don't know what no party feel like, but a Holy Ghost party. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you thank God that you ain't shouting at no concert, but you shout out to God. You ain't trying to keep up with the Joneses or with no Facebook posts. You ain't on with everybody on. You can come in here and dance with the Lord and shout out to God and sing praises unto God. That's something to thank God for. Thank you, Jesus. We also want to thank God for our young folks. We praise God for every young person in this place. Because it ain't so popular to live for Jesus. It's almost like it's foolish to the world, foreign in the eyes of the people of the world. People look at us funny, look at us weird, say we're doing something wrong or, or, or what we're doing ain't real. But as the song says, Jesus is real to me. So many people may doubt him, but I know it by the way, we can't live without him. Hallelujah. Jesus is real to me. Young people, we have it harder. We believe than older saints, but stay in here. Tough it out. It's worth it. You're in the safest place in the world, in the will of God. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? Thank you, Jesus. We hope what we speak tonight encourage somebody, lift up somebody's spirit, or, or just help somebody. We believe that the best way to reach and connect with a person is to share your experiences because you're not reading out no textbook. You're reading out your life. You're giving a person the real you not no script. So tonight we want to speak about a broken piece to a masterpiece. Amen? Young people, I want you to hear me good. Be glad that you're saved. Ain't nothing in the world good. Don't ever let what the world look like become desirable to you. Or you ever feel like you want to go and step out there. It's a death trap. I left the church at 14 and was on death row in the world for 17 years. And if I would have died out there in that condition... Hell would have been my eternal destination. See, what the world don't know is that it's going down. And whosoever in the world going down with it. 
And it ain't going to matter about who you are or what your name is or what your status is or who you're some kin to. Won't nothing be able to save you but the hand of God. And you got a hold of it. Keep on holding on. You ain't got it. You better grab on now because when God come down, ain't no hand going to be out. Can we say amen? amen? So it's all right, young people, if your friends talk about you. They can talk about you all they want. It's okay. Let them talk on. You keep praying for them. You keep taking a stance on them. And if they was your real friend, they would respect your stance in God. Keep doing the will of God. We're going to move on, but I just feel like this ain't no place I'd rather be but in the house of God. In the presence of God. And if you feel like me, young folks, old folks, stand to your feet and give God a praise. Ain't you glad you ain't under the tree? Seagram's gin ain't your friend. Crack smoke ain't in your bathroom. Come on, somebody. Don't you thank God that you don't hang at the bar? But you hang at 3707. You ain't got to chase no Powerball or no jackpot. No set for life. They'll know you hit the jackpot already. You set for life. Ding, 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 eternal life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Some of you in here, as well as myself, was in your worst condition before God got a hold of you. In the worst state you've ever been, feeling-wise, hurt because of a certain cause, emotionally disturbed, detached from everything that involves good. And some of you are in that state now, hurt because of a man or a woman, or hurt by your own actions, or hurt to the point your decision-making is all screwed up. You can't even have a good day out of 24 hours, something bound to frustrate you. It might cause you to wreck out somewhere. And some things we know it's wrong. We can know something is on us strong, but without the master, the problems in you will continue to go on. If you would, turn with me to Jeremiah, the 18th chapter. Here we have God giving the prophet for the people of God, Israel, a word of restoration because of the condition that the people of God is in. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We're going to get it together, y'all. We're going to get it together. We're going to get it together. Amen. First verse. It says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter so he made it again another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make it can you say this with me no matter how broke it is God can fix it then the word of the Lord came to me saying O house of Israel can I not do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. It looks to me that God is not just in the pottering industry. We all know that God likes to use his hands. But God is also in the restoration business. Can we say hallelujah? Turn with me to the book of Joel, the first chapter. Joel, Joel, not Joel, Joel, the first chapter. When you get there, say amen. Beginning at the first verse. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pithuel. Hear this, ye old men, and give ear, all ye inhabitants of the land. Has this been in your days or even in the days of your fathers? Tell ye your children of it, and let your children tell their children and their children another generation. That which the palmer worm hath left, hath the locust eaten, and that which the locust hath left, hath the canker worm eaten, and that which the canker worm hath left, hath the caterpillar eaten. God dealing with Israel again. 
second chapter, verse 15. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children. And those that suck the breasts, let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and let the bride and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep before the port, between the porch and the altar, and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Yet the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and you shall be satisfied therewith. And I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen, but I will remove far off from you the northern army and will drive him into a land barren and desolate with his face toward the east sea and his hinder part toward the utmost sea and his stink shall come up and his ill savior shall come up because he had done great things. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month, and the floor shall be full of wheat and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil and I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm my great army which I sent among you and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that he dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed Young people, saints of God, visitors, if you're not in a place of God that you should be, or where you ought to be, or where you need to be, just reach out for the master's hand. God is ready to restore you. When something is torn down, we never know what it takes to restore it. Some damage may be better than others. What we do know is that it needs repair based upon its wears and tears. The more the wear and tear, God is prepared. See, God specializes in restoring junk material to make it out of a miracle. God wants you the more when you all beat down, battered and bruised, disconnected from him. When the world has gotten the best of you, God wants to use you. God sees some worth in you. Like the song say, he saw the best in me when everyone else saw the worst in me. And we just want to set a stage here before we continue. Go to the book of Amos. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amos chapter 3. Mm. Praise God. Y'all know where Amos at? <laughs> we ain't speaking no Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Everybody know what I said. Amos is it's in the Old Testament, y'all. Amen. Amen. Begin at chapter 3, verse 11. It says, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, An adversary there shall even be round about the land, and he shall bring down thy strength from thee, and thy palaces shall be spoiled. Thus saith the Lord, As the shepherd taketh out the mouth of the lion two legs, or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria, in the corner of a bed in Damascus in a couch. There's an adversary in your land who's trying to rip the black off you, who's trying to take you for everything you got. That's why it seems so hard to let go. Even us, saints of God, with all the right we know, the adversary still will pick us apart. Can I get a witness? In Jeremiah, God take the prophet to a certain location and began to illustrate and minister to him. He takes him to the potter's house 
and began to speak with him as he watched the potter perform his task with a piece of clay. He takes the clay and put the clay on a wheel and with his hands he began to work out all the grooves and damaged parts of it till eventually it becomes a whole nother vessel but yet the same piece of clay. Hallelujah. Through all the scrapes and scratches, dismembered parts, scars, through all the damage that has been done to it, he never adds to it. He takes away with a special technique, only using his hands. My God. You and I have a different piece of work. You and I have been a different piece of work right on the wheels. But tonight, how many thank God for being put on the wheel? Hallelujah. As it seemed good to him, hallelujah. He made you another vessel. Come on, Bible way. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Many of us tonight can testify of experiencing the master's touch, how he took away and smoothed us out from such and such, straightened us from all kinds of crooked stuff and all kinds of stuff. And some of you still got marks from where he smoothed it out that you can still see that some work was done right there. Like a scar that healed all the way, but you can still see the mark. But one thing I can say is I don't know what's too hard for God. And tonight, I feel in my spirit that somebody got some problems in here tonight and want to touch from God and want to be made another vessel. And brother or sister, you feel this is you tonight. You in the right place to get what you're looking for. And on behalf of God, we welcome you to the potter's house. Can we give God some praise? Amen. Y'all see it. This is what a touch of God can do. If you knew me a few years ago, this wasn't me. Everything about me was ungodly. My attitude, my thoughts, the way I felt, the way I acted, my personality, everything about me was ungodly. Give me the book of Psalms. The 40th chapter, 40th division, 40th chapter, Psalms 40. Amen. Amen. Beginning at the first verse. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he put a new song in my mouth, even praises unto our God, hallelujah. And many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord, hallelujah. Four years ago, I wasn't thinking about no preaching. I was on some good bud, y'all older folks might call it reefer, and somebody gambling highs, turned up on some molly, we call it sneaking and geeking. But the master put his hands on me. He established my goings. And it wasn't no more young Jesus or a Gucci man, but he put a new song in my mouth. Now it's, I know I've been changed. The angels up in heaven done signed my name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He heard my call. Jesus. Jesus. I couldn't call nobody else. I didn't know nobody else. Ain't have nobody else's phone number. It was no money on the phone. But I knew the name on the main line. Mm. Mm. You don't need no money on that line. You just need a cry. And I cried out to God. And my cry he heard. He set me in a large place and he took me to the potter's house. Can we give God some praise? Thank you, Jesus. I can only think about how bad I was falling apart. Sin had done ate me alive. Like that old nursery rhyme, London bridges falling down. Or Humpty Dumpty. I used to think about that a lot when I was in jail. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. But they need to update that. They need to make a new version and add, a, add another verse. But the king came 
And when the king came, the king put Humpty together again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. 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 We fell hard. We was marred in the master's hands. Broken in all kinds of pieces. Scattered everywhere. Debris everywhere. Pieces of hurt over here. Emptiness and sadness over there. Lost, disappointment over here. Lifeless over there. Hallelujah. Discouraged. The world will bring all this with you. It'll be at every point of your life. The palmer worms, the canker worms will eat you up. Intending to devour you. But a hard enough cry out to God. God won't let the adversary devour you. God will loose you from Aaron's stronghold. Free you from any addiction. And make you another vessel. Can we give God some praise? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, I ain't know all this was going to come out like this. Amen. Amen. But God has always used a man to carry out his work toward his people. And we have had some special men in our life. I mean some God-given, God-using men in our life. But one in particular, a man that is so dear to my heart, he was not just any man. He was my Ananias on my road to Damascus. My mom passed away when I was 12. And I didn't know at that time Jesus was going to introduce himself to me. My uncle, Ron Donaldson, showed up first day. I saw my mother dead on the floor and said, I'll take over from here. I'll take him in and he ain't got to worry no more. He was a successful businessman. He was a pastor of an apostolic church. In my eyes, he was the ideal man of what I want to be like. And the church wasn't even in full motion, but from that day forward, he taught me the words of God. I took a big loss that day. My poor little soul was hurt. But before I could fall out, Jesus showed out. And there was this calmness or a feel of comfort even before she died. I felt the relief from somewhere for some reason. See, Jesus understood grief. He understands grief. He's God. And he know we go to cutting up bad when we lose a close loved one. We be all everywhere. Oh, why, Lord? Not my mama, Lord. Not my baby. Why you had to take them, Lord? And see, Jesus... Being all-knowing, knowing the hearts of men. See, he know how we going to act when something like that happens. And Jesus shows his disciples in the scriptures how to prepare themselves before something bad happens. Let me, let me show you in the scriptures what I'm talking about. Give me the book of John, chapter 16. One thing I do know is... If something, an experience from God happens in your life, you can find it somewhere in the Bible. If you search the scriptures, you're going to find your experience in the Bible. Amen? Jesus is preparing their hearts before time, so when time comes, they don't cut up. See, he really setting them up with comfort for anything happen. Letting them know they're about to feel something, that they're about to experience something that's going to make them grieve. The John chapter 16 First verse, it says, These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yet the time come that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. Wow, I just called that Paul. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you ask me whether goest thou. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. For the sake of time, we're going to skip down to verse 16. It says, A little while, and you shall not see me again. A little while, you shall see me, because I go to the Father. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, you shall not see me, and again, a little while, and you shall see me, 
and because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is that he say? A little while we cannot tell what he said. Now Jesus knew that they were dis desirous to ask him and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves of that I said, A little while and you shall not see me, and again, a little while you shall not see me? Verily, verily, I say unto you that you shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and you shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Jesus is giving them a sense of, of, of comfort, putting comfort into their hearts before anything happened. Go back to verse chapter 14. Verse 1, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Verse 16. It says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you. Nothing has happened yet, but Jesus is speaking of giving comfort to them for what is about to happen. Verse 18. He said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. Verse 19. It said, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but you shall see me, because I live, and ye shall live also. He gave them the end of a thing. Jesus tells them, I got to go, but I'm coming back. Verse 25. It says, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice. <laughs> because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it come to pass, ye might believe. But the comforter, Go teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance what I said to you. Jesus gave his disciples comfort for how to deal with grief before it happened. Just keep my words and you'll be fine. I'm about to leave you, Peter, James, John, y'all. I know it's going to break y'all heart. Nathaniel, Philip. But I'm going to comfort you and show you how to deal with it. I'm going to feed you my word when this grief, when this grief don't hit you so hard. And we had been in the church for quite some time being taught the word of God. First night I walked in the house, saw my mother on the floor. Jesus was right there. He comforted me with his word through my Ananias. And I didn't grieve. I was relieved. My mother's funeral, I went to sleep. They asked me to say something. I said, no, I'm good. And we had a dream months later. My mother appeared in a dream and I was crying. And she said, what you crying for? I'm all right. Stop all that crying. I woke up crying and hear Jesus go again. My cousin came and busting in the room, busting out the room and embraced me, rocked me back to sleep. And I cried my last tears that day because Jesus had set me up. He had fixed my heart through his word. He fixed my heart not to grieve but to receive the words of God. He showed me how to forget the loss of my mother, the devastating parts, and focus on something other. Something greater than my mother, him. And I count everything lost for the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. What I need you to understand is that your life is not your story. But it's his story. Jesus is the maker of it. Go to Revelations chapter 4, verse 11. Thank you, Jesus. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. 
Our life is just an account from his records. The Bible is recorded testimonies of the same accounts as us of his story, his dealings, and his doings, hallelujah, for the betterment of you as a godly person. We must fall in love with the word of God because the word is God. It's so right and it can't get no writer. Young people, don't ever get tired of coming to church or picking up your Bible or praying and fasting, living like the Bible says. It is safe. This should be our most earnest expectation. As young, old, whatever age, this should be our earnest expectation. Get me the book of Romans. Chapter 8. Beginning at verse 18. The apostle says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Wanting to live for God, this is supposed to be on your bucket list. Making things right with God, supposed to be on your bucket list. Because everybody's not right with God. Just because you live in and you come to church, nobody starts off right with God. You're in bondage till you follow God's specific instructions to make your way out. Just because Jesus died for your sins don't count you in. You can't say a prayer and it count you in. You can't ask Jesus in your heart and it counts you in. Ain't no I know Jesus and Jesus know me. I acknowledge him. That don't count you in. Jesus said if you ain't born of water and of the spirit, born again, you can't come in. Ain't no circumstance under no condition you ain't coming in. That's Bible. Let me show you that. John chapter 3. Amen. Mm, you ain't coming in. Amen. Verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto them, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, Ye must be born again. That's Bible. Hmm. A trip to Paris shouldn't be on your bucket list. I need to be born of God. I need a relationship with Jesus Christ should be on your bucket list. Not trying to have every boy and every girl to make every like on Facebook, Snapchat, take every picture and floss and show all this nice stuff in these, these cities and these places. Nowadays, it's a person, it's, it's so weird to me that nowadays it's a person's curiosity to try the same sex. Oh yeah, grown people, children of all ages, want to be gay, it's all on your TV. That homosexual spirit, it got to be more than one of them. Because I mean, they everywhere. You can't tell on TV who is who, y'all better watch your children. Watch what they watching here, ain't nothing safe. Regular TV ain't even safe. People's conversations are horrible. You got to watch your sinner friends' conversations too, amen? You got to be born of God. Yeah, Jesus love, but it's a lot of things Jesus hate too. You better get in the book. Amen. 13 years old. I'm really feeling this holy lifestyle. I understand living for God a little bit. My uncle put us in ministry early. We were the brothers in charge. It was a little small church. We had probably 30, 20, 30 members, you know, hands down besides the family. Uh, we read scriptures, opened up services, sat front and center. That's why I like to sit on the front row. I'm used to it. My uncle told me one day, you're going to be a preacher. Yeah, right. Not me. Wrong guy. I didn't even think I was saved. I was baptized in Jesus' name. 
We tarry for the Holy Ghost night after night after night after night. Nothing happened. Holy Ghost just fall everywhere. Never on me. I used to get mad. I'm down here yelling and screaming, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hard as I can. Don't hurt. Mouth about to split open, dry everywhere. When we finish, I look like a mad dog, like I just got finished eating powdered donuts so well. I'm yelling Jesus' name so hard. But see, what God knew, my heart wasn't right. My heart wasn't in it yet. I was going to be out of there at 14. And 14 years old, I told God, I ain't ready to live saved. I want to be a kid. I want to live my life. I want girls. And I believe the Lord said, go. The devil thought he executed. Though he had, thought he had him one. But all the while, God had a plan. It wasn't over yet. Give me the book of Ephesians. First chapter, beginning at verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. God had forgiveness of sin for sins before you even sinned. While you were sinning, so it didn't matter what you did before God saved you, because God knew he was going to clean you up and everything was going to come to pass, all that he had purposed in you. It didn't matter how many joints you smoked or how many times you gave your body away or how many boyfriends you had, how much liquor you drunk, how far the devil had you out there. Because when God got ready to use you, couldn't nothing tell him no, and he got you. God already had your escape plan for you. He already made a way for you to come out. Your destiny was already met. Somebody ought to give God some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Before I left the church at 14, all these reasonable plans and suggestions was coming about. The devil was putting them there. Planting them in my spirit after he'd had them dug up all what Jesus put in the ground. But he ain't hit the roots. He couldn't get the roots out of there. Yeah, he cropped the top, but he had to leave the stump. Let me tell you something, young people. An idle mind is the devil's playground. And when you undecided, still caught between two worlds, want to live for God and want to live for the world, between the devil and the flesh, they'll decide for you. The devil and the flesh will team up against you and box you in and run circles around you and tell you what's reasonable what it looked like and what seemed right make stuff seem so innocent put all these things in your conscience tell you ain't nothing wrong and you alright this is how he talk and his demons be co-signing and yes man to him on everything you be outnumbered by the majority because of the power of influence the devil knew Eve was the weaker vessel listen at what he tell her go to Genesis chapter 3 Verse 1, it said, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yeah, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God said, You shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doeth know that in the days you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. When the woman was undecided, the devil played on her intelligence. 
use what she didn't know against her. He pressed play on the conscience tape in Fluence 101, and she did exactly what God said not to do and felt good about her wrongdoing because it was good to her, and she fed Adam, and she did all this willingly. She was caught between two worlds, unstable. Just as in James 1 and 8 says, for the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Young people, today is the day to make your mind up and move past that fork in the road and give yourself fully to God. I admire all young people who are going through it for God, pressing on in the society we're living in. I see so many now falling for everything but Jesus, undecided, unsure of what truth is, driven away from truth. Influence 101 is taking us captive. You don't want to be undecided at the finish line. I've seen countless brothers and sisters that know the apostolic way, the only way, and now have faded away, claiming that we indoctrinated, that there's another way. But my Bible says that there's only one way for holy. Ain't no baggage that come with it. It's either is or it ain't. It ain't no in-between. Give me the book of Jeremiah, chapter 32. I heard a scripture say it's only one Lord, one faith, hmm. and one baptism. Jeremiah 32 and 36, it says, And now therefore thus saith the Lord God of Israel concerning this city, whereof ye say it shall be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence. Behold, I will gather them out all countries, whether I have driven them in my anger and in my fury and in great wrath. And I will bring them again unto this place, and I will call them to dwell safely. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart, and what? One way, that they may fear me forever, for the good of them and of their children after them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them, that I will not turn away from them, to do them good. But I will put my fear in their hearts, that they shall not depart from me. There's only one way to God. So many professing themselves to be wise and have become fools departed from that one faith. Young folks, I want to say that they never leave Bible way. Young people, can we give God some praise? Mm. Mm. Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived at a point of time. But with all his wisdom, you know what got him? A woman. Not a Bible way woman. <laughs> but a strange woman. <laughs> he talked all that talk about the strange woman. Don't let her get you. Watch out. She ain't right. And yet he fell victim. Many would say, and I felt this way, there's a strange woman in my life. But only by the power of God we look at her in what others may say a strange way. Some say, I wouldn't deal with her. She sent you to prison. But we can contain ourselves because we feel we waited this long. We can wait some more for God. And we know God honors faithfulness. And not to be graphic or nothing, but I ain't messing up about no patch of hell. Amen? But she's so influential to me. But this strange woman is a special case to me. God used her to get me to my destiny. And we believe it for God to save her because he's greater than he that is in the world. And ain't nothing too hard for God. And in the name of Jesus, this strange woman going to be a holy woman one day. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. See, I, I don't look at what people look at. Because though it may have been meant for evil, that prison sentence, God meant it for my good. Hallelujah. But Solomon having a moment with the Lord and his spirit speaks out to him after he gets from the presence of the Lord. Give me Proverbs chapter 7.
just coming out the book of Ahmad, y'all. That's all. That's all. Praise God. Mm. It says, My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live and my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them up upon thy fingers. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. For at the window of my house I looked through my casement, and beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths, a young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner, and he went the way to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night, and behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot and supper of heart. She is loud and stubborn, her feet abide not in her house, now is she without now in the streets, and lieth in wait at every corner. So she caught him, and kissed him, and, and, and with an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. This day have I paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face, and I found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, and with fine linen of Egypt. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves. For the good man is not at home. He is gone on a long journey. Boy, you better watch out. He had taken a bag of money with him and would come home at the day appointed. Husband ain't home. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield with the flattering of her lips. She forced him. He goeth after her straightway as an ox, goeth to the slaughter as a fool, to the correction of the stocks, till a dart strike through his liver as a bird hastens to the snare, and knoweth not that is for his life. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O you children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways, go not astray in her paths. For she hath cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. Can you imagine how Solomon felt after all this preaching about her? He still strayed away from the commandment of God into the hands of the strange woman. Mm. Go, to, go to chapter 6 verse 23 for the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep thee from the evil woman from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman lust not after her beauty in thine heart neither let her take thee with her eyelids for by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Verse 32, But whosoever committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding, he that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. For jealousy is the rage of man, therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. I don't know about Solomon, but we got the book. I see what it says in the book. I can't go out like that. You can have everything. You can have this and you can have that. But that strange woman will spoil you. Watch this. First Kings. Chapter 11. Verse 1. But King Solomon, wise old King Solomon, loved many strange women. Mm, together with the daughters of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonites, and Hittites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, you shall not go into them. 
neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. And Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had 700 wives, princes, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as was the heart of David his father. I hope you young brothers is listening. You ain't got a girl in the church, watch out. She ain't screaming apostolic. She ain't screaming Jesus, holy. She ain't talking about, no, I can't. You better watch out. She's suspect. Them three words that get you every time, I love you. But see, you got to know love. Love gives. Love submits. Love commits. And love keeps the commandments of God. Can we say hallelujah? We hear what God say and still do the opposite behind the power of influence. That thing jumped all on Solomon coming from everywhere and turned his heart away from God. That's the first thing the devil put in my mind at 14. Girls. Sex. You want girls. You ain't ready to live saved. You want to have fun. See, the devil want to sift us as wheat. He want to kill us. He want to stop us from doing what God want in us. He want to destroy your destiny. What God has anointed to live, the devil can't kill. Hallelujah. Yeah, I said then, devil, I'm coming. But now I can say, devil, you missed one. I'm coming, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus told Peter, when you get older, to strengthen your brethren. And I'm here to strengthen all my young brothers. But see, we never understood the process. I had dreams after dream in my teens and 20s. Didn't understand them police chasing me and prison uniforms in a cell, bars, and, 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 and but never thought I was going to be in them one day. I didn't know the voice of the Lord at the time, but as I recall, numerous times he spoke to me. Every time I went to jail, I was driving one time, I heard his voice. I had a traffic in charge. Did 40 something days, caught red-handed. I had a dream in jail before I got out. I saw a big old face come out the clouds. Thundering and lightning, no rain. And this voice spoke and said, you ain't ready. And face rolled back in the clouds. I get out. I tell my dad, I said, dad, I don't know what these people did. These people done let me out of jail. I don't know how. I said, I'm finna go to church. I'm through it with neighborhood. I'm done selling drugs. I'm gonna call my uncle. I'm gonna get back to God. I stayed at home for a few days. It was back to the neighborhood, back to the streets. Like God said, I wasn't ready. This was in my 20s. 30 years old, I wake up after hearing this same audible voice. I'm talking about this scary straight voice saying to me, you done selling drugs. It's over with. Don't sell a crumb. And I'm shook up for days, scared straight, don't want to make a move. I ain't even want to leave my house. My mind was all messed up. Weeks go by, days after days go by, here come the devil. You heard what God said? I said, yeah, I heard what God said. He said, well, you know, you, it's bill time coming up, and uh, you need to make your move. You know you ain't got no job. You can go ahead. You can do it just one time. God, I understand. And I said, you know what? You're right. I said, Lord, I'm going to just do it this one time. Now, don't be mad at me just this one time. Next month come, here come the devil again. Oh, you heard what God said? I said, yeah, I heard what God said. You know you don't want to be like last time. Now you might as well just go on and make a move so you'll be good for the month. I said, yeah, you right. Next month I catch on. No, man, I ain't going to keep doing this. This ain't right. God told me, no, I need to stop. Here come the devil. Well, God said, you ain't got to sell it. He said, you, gonna, you can get to somebody else. Let them sell it. I said, you know what? That's a good idea. <laughs> Lord, well, you said me not to sell it. You ain't tell me I couldn't get to nobody else. <laughs> so, uh, but see, what I learned at that time is that you can't outslick God. So I, so I give it to a couple people, and I, I let my phone. I, I stopped answering my phone when I did answer my phone. Go see my partner. Go see him. Go see that. And weeks go by, and I wonder why my phone ain't ringing. Nobody ain't calling me. So I. Go to calling people, well, what's up? You know, you should be ready by nine. No answer, no answer. So I said, well, got to get out here. I got to go. If 
find these dudes. I need my money. Bills coming up. I ain't got not I'm borrowed from him, borrowed from you, borrowed from him. I'm in the hole. I'm about ready to the 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 lights about to be off, water about to be off. I said, let me get out here. Get in the car, go look for the guys, and they know where to be found. At this at the same time, money funny. I'm starting to argue at the house every day. Everything going wrong. Chaos on every corner. Not only that, everywhere I go, I'm getting in trouble on every side, but separation was taking place. I didn't know it. I was being set up for this. I leave my house. I move with my dad. I'm, I'm arguing here, arguing there. I go to my aunt's house. I'm arguing there. No peace, nowhere. Every spot I went to, every place I used to hang at, I, I got in an argument with somebody. And I thought the world was rejecting me. But all the while, God was accepting me. He was pulling me out from the places that I used to hang at because he was telling me, look, son, you don't fit in no more. I end up getting a job. Not that I can say I had 10 jobs in my whole life. I ain't bragging about that. I'm willing. I work now. I got two jobs. Hallelujah. By the grace of God. I, I feel like, I feel like I, can, I can make a comeback. I get another job and I make a comeback days later. I go to losing things. I'm talking about a thousand here, a thousand there. I'm talking about making all this money, but nothing is just adding up. It's just disappearing. I don't know where and I don't know why. I tell my girl, I said, look, I refuse to keep living like this. I'm not finna go another day living like this. I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the way my life is. I'm not going another day like this. A few days later, I go to jail. With 12 felonies and one misdemeanor. I slept for eight days and I, I didn't even go to jail for drugs, but for fighting. And I don't even do that kind of stuff. My, I fought my dad and my girlfriend, so I couldn't call them, no contact. After eight days, though, reality set in. I called the only person I knew I could call. I got on that main line. I called on the name of Jesus. And I said, Lord, I ain't got nobody to call. You're the only person I can call. And I said, I'll give you all of me if you just take care of me. And I said, if you got me, show me. A few days later, my normal routine was roll, up, roll over, go to sleep, read my Bible, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. No, I ain't had no Bible. Then I had some spiritual books at the time. But a couple of days, a Bible come through the flap and a daily bread. And they said, here, this is for you. I said, I ain't asked for no Bible or nothing. They give me a Bible. I cracked the Bible open. The first scripture I ever read, when, in, when I was in jail, the first scripture I ever read, I heard that thundering voice again. And it said, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. I'm saying, whoa, wait a minute. I just did this. He's saying, you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart, and I will be found of you, saith the Lord. I said, I'm looking around and said, well, Lord, is you, is you right here or something? He said, and I will turn away your captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I've driven you from. That's why I learned that the Lord was separating from me. He was driving me from all those places I hung at. That's why it was all the chaos. He said, I'm going to bring you again into the place where I caused you to be carried away captive. And by the way, I'm going to tell you all something. When I got out, my plan was to come straight here. I didn't know if I had to catch a ride or some kind of way. I was going to come straight to 3707. But I was forced to go back to St. Pete because the people from the prison took me. They said, I can't take you nowhere, but where your address is to St. Petersburg, Florida. He said, I'm going to cause you to, he said, I'm going to bring you again into the place where I caused you to be carried away captive. My mind was blown. I said, uh, when, when I heard, when I heard it, I heard that thundering. What I felt inside was whoever was speaking was speaking to me and I wanted to know more. All I desired from that day forward was the word of God. I slept and I read, I slept and I read. So God went to taking me on a quest through the Bible in a sequence, like in a volume form. He'd take me uh, New Testament here, here, go over here, take me to the prophets here, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And now this is 19 years later at the time from when I was 12, I was baptized in Jesus' name. And the most amazing thing that happened to me, I slept in a boat 
in the middle of the flow. I felt like I was in the ark. <laughs> I received the Holy Ghost in that same boat in the middle of that day room flow. Now that I'm digging and searching, I said, Lord, make me one of your go-to guys like Paul. I ain't no killer, but I was feeling his conversion. I got moved four months. I was, I was there four months. I got moved to a, another part upstairs on top of the room that I was in. And when I walk in there, they having Bible study. They got a prayer circle. Now, I was kind of caught up in the spiritual literature at first till I discovered that, that they on an agenda that ain't Bible. So dude leading the prayer circle, he asked me to join. Second day, he asked if I wanted to pray. I did, and, and me and dude got acquainted. He said he'd been waiting to go to prison for over 30 days. That's uncommon And when you're in the county jail. Two weeks, you go to court. They sentence you to prison. Two weeks, you, you gone. They're going to get you out of there. So he asked me, was I going to hold it down, you know, the press circle and keep it going? He said, I might be out of here. I don't know. And I said, yeah, and he ended up leaving that following Tuesday. Now, we in the part, we praying for people and people coming to me, giving me their life story. I felt like, I was like, man, I'm not Jesus or something. I don't even know you. They telling me everything about him, bro. They like, man, something about you and something about you. And, uh, oh, yeah, so the, the guy, so the guy was in there having, that was having Bible study with the other guy. They was coming asking me questions. And all I could show him was out the Bible. So they were like, man, we never heard that before. I said, well, this is the Bible, bro. You know what I'm saying? I said, y'all got Bibles? Y'all don't read this? You know, this, this is the Bible. So... They, it was starting to take effect. People was respecting the prayer circle. People was respecting the Bible studies. People was respecting the work of the Lord. They started calling me preacher man. And I'm saying to myself, I'm really doing this. I thought about 13 and I said, I'm 31 now at the time. Oh, you was right. I said, what I can say is God is not dead. You know, he's still alive. The scriptures is alive. And if God is dead in your life, you're dead, not God. Jesus said, I am the resurrection, and I am the life. Though he be dead, yet shall he live again. I feel like I'm like a Jonah in the scriptures. I'm like a Moses out of the scriptures. I'm like an Abraham or a Jacob with his slick self. I'm like a David. I see me in all of the books, and if you're looking for God to move in your life, you want to experience the power of God, deliverance is here at 3707 Avenue M Northwest. Where the truth is being preached. I don't care where you are or how long you got to drive and experience God. He's still alive and the power of his presence is here. Young folks, I can't tell you enough. You are in the right place. Stay here. Young brothers, you are in the right place. Stay here. Young sisters, you in the right place. Stay here. My last scripture and I'm going to get out your way. The book of Psalms. 119. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. We're gonna kinda we're gonna kinda I call it spot reading, that's what I call it. So we just just go with me. Verse sixty-five. It said, Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord according unto thy word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept thy word. Verse 71. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me. Hallelujah. Because I have hope in thy word. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right. And that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. Mm. Let I pray thee thy merciful kindness be for my comfort according to the word of thy servant. Verse 57. Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I will keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. I thought on my ways. I had plenty of days to think on my ways. 
and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. The bears of the wicked had robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. I got some new friends now, y'all. Devil, you thought you had me. Now I refrain my feet from every evil way. At 30, God said, I've been trying to get you for 10 years. The devil been mad at me since. And if church, if you feel like I feel, you know that the devil has lost you, let us stand to our feet and give God a praise. Let us make the devil mad some more. You got to know he can't stand you. He don't like you. And the Bible said where two or more are gathered together, we touch and agree. Grab your neighbor's hand and believe that something in you or something around you or somebody closely, something is going to happen before you leave here. In the Old Testament, they would just pray toward the church and things happen. The presence of the Lord is here. If you open your mouth and make your requests known to God, they didn't have to beat the temple down physically. Deliverance is here. Let's rebuke the devil from off our children, from off our family, from out our way. Let God have his way. You can walk out this building forever changed. You want to get to the gate, and Jesus said, I know you. And I said, you don't want to get to the gate. And Jesus said, I know you, 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 and you. And he said, I don't know you. Somebody want to be delivered tonight. Somebody is broken in pieces. Somebody need the master's touch to become a masterpiece. Can we say amen? Somebody in this building ought to put your hand together and praise God. Come on all over this building. Let's praise God. This is why prison ministry is so important. Isn't this young man preaching with power? <laughs> <laughs> 